Hello and welcome to Jersnet. It's your Rangers podcast. It's a podcast made by fans for fans. As always, you're very, very welcome Sunday night again. We should say a quick hello to our good friends at Zenith Coins. These guys are currently pulling together a must-have for all Rangers supporters. It is the Rangers coin collection. Five beautifully... Uh, crafted coins celebrating our history and all the good things that have happened in 150 years. There's one there for the Founding Fathers. There's one there for Ibrox Stadium, another for the Barcelona Bears of 1972. Something that celebrates the nine in a row, guys, which is really special. And the one that sort of creams it off, um, the most recent one, is the guys that won 55, the 55th League Championship from last season. You can check out their website, all the Ws, zenithcoins.com. Good evening, you're very welcome. It's Sunday night and it's Scott Patterson with you here at Jersnet. We'll be here for the next 45 minutes to an hour or so, speaking about an impressive afternoon for Rangers up at Dens Park. And joining us on the pod this week is Colin Armstrong and Gary Valentine. Colin, hello, how are you? I'm very well, Scott, how are you? Yes, very well, buddy. A decent afternoon, wasn't it? Yeah, I good performance. Uh, good afternoon all around, actually. Uh, and about with the dog early afternoon and then back to watch the football. Uh, so, yeah, and as, as comfortable a performance as uh, I can remember, uh, certainly away from home, you know, our away form has been a bit atrocious of late. And I remember the last visit up to, to Dens at the early part of the season, that was a bit of a nerve-wracker, nothing like that today, no routine finish. The only sort of down point of the day for me is that we didn't score more. You know, yeah. that, that that's a slight concern that we had so many chances and, and never really killed the game off until the sort of closing stages. But no, overall, uh, great performance and a good result. Gary, hello. This is our first sorry, this is our first Sunday night together. Um it is. hopefully not the last. Absolutely well, absolutely. Absolutely looking forward to you. Great to meet you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. No bother. Um, so we will we'll reverse Colin. We'll start with you. I want to reverse to um team selection. Uh, I think everyone expected there to be a, a wee bit of of rotation. For, for the game this afternoon from the highs of Red Star Belgrade last, last Thursday. We, of course, saw McLaughlin and Hollander, um, Sands, and a guy that we've brought in from Juventus called Aaron Ramsey all start today. Yeah, I have to... <laughs> I, made a, I made a bit of an arse of myself today, actually. Uh, I, when the team came out, I was... As I said, I was out and about the, the, my wife, my daughter and the dog. and I'm not used to Ramsey not starting. I, I just looked at the subs. I just said, in the subs... And when he was there, I messaged my mate going, he's not even in the squad again. This is becoming embarrassing. <laughs> and then I looked at the team and I had to go back to him. I was like, oh, scratch that. He's starting. Uh, so, yeah, great to see him. Great to see Ramsey start. Uh, I think it's his second start, but we know starting the previous round of the squad. Start against Annan, yeah. Aye. So, great to see him. I'd like to see him at Ibrox, I must admit. I, I, yeah. Uh, I've, I've still not seen him in the flesh yet. So, aye, good to see him. I expected Hollander to start today, I must admit. I think he needs games. I think I said in a previous show that in his last performance he looked like a guy that hadn't played a huge amount of football so I expected him also I expected Roof I thought he would maybe have yeah. got a start today I was a wee bit surprised at that a wee bit surprised at Sands coming in but I thought the boy done well I'm, I'm yeah. sure we'll come on and talk about the performances but uh, you'd be tough to say that he, he, he got his, his start in 11 correct today So Gary the, th- the thing that got me in and Colin's kind of alluded to it already was um, Sands coming in and, and generally the just the way the, the the team was picked, it almost looked like we were a bit concerned about what Dundee were going to do from an offensive perspective. I almost felt that the starting eleven was really sort of set up to sit in. Almost some of the there was names in there that I maybe didn't expect to see. Yeah, possibly, but like when I seen the, the team, I kind of thought the same. But 
after Thursday's game when you see Kamara playing a bit further forward, looked like he'd done that again today. So it was really kind of only Sands was sitting, but you've got to start with a, uh, with the aim not to concede first and then get the goals. And that's, Van Bronckhorst seems to be wanting to do that, and it's the last four games now for the clean sheet, so it seems to be working. Colin, I, I kind of, we've almost became accustomed to more often than not this 4 3 3. I, I think in the three up top, we've became used to there almost not being a natural right winger there. Um, arguably, perhaps since Daniel Kindeus, um, we've not really had a, a natural sort of guy to play um, attacking right wing. Um, and when I seen the team, I, my gut reaction was it was going to be like a 4 3 1 2 with Ramsey playing off of. Kent and Morelos, but it, it did actually materialise that, that Ramsey was sort of playing in that wider right role, and as the game went on, he developed quite a good relationship with Tavernier as the game went on. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the, the, the best way I can describe Ramsey's performance today was, you can tell the guy he's a serious footballer. Absolutely, you know I, mean? yeah. it, it, I wouldn't want to say that he was you know, outstanding and man in the match and all that kind of stuff. But just these touches, his awareness, you know, he's reading of the game, you, you can just tell, you know, and, and Gary, Gary will, will tell you as well, you know, I, I know he's done a bit of coaching and stuff in the, in the past. You, you can just tell sometimes, you know what I mean? You can just tell when someone's on the part that they're, they're, they're a serious football player. And I, th- I got that impression for Ramsey today. Uh, if we keep him fit, it, it could be key. You know, I, I agree. I think you're talking about with the sort of link-up play with, with him and uh, Tavernier doing that right-hand side. He was involved in the penalty, you know. That was it was a yeah. lovely wee reverse ball into Tavernier, funnily enough. And you know, we'll come on, <laughs> come on and talk about the award <laughs> later on. Uh, but yeah, I, I think everything about him uh, today, his awareness, uh, you know, positional sense, everything about him. I, I think he should have had a goal, you know, that that one that cleared off the line. Yeah, I think I think he should be putting that away if I'm being yeah. honest. But overall, uh, the biggest fear with him was obviously his fitness, but. I think we saw enough today to to suggest that if we can keep him fit, he'll he'll have a lot to to to, to say in, in the, the remaining games in the league and the Europa League as well. You know, it's the, you know he can play it. He's Champions League quality. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he could be a key player and and uh, you know and in terms of us progressing to the the, the quarterfinals and and maybe beyond. So Gary, I think it's easy when when you're retaining the team. You often speak about the the players that come in. Um, Obviously, they went into the game without guys like Lundstrom, Balogun, Arfield misses out. Um, someone who who missed out, who isn't really used to being rested, was Joe Aribo. Um, and I, I think it was well overdue for him to take a wee spell yeah, on the sidelines. He's, he's looking like he's suffering from African Cup of Nations and not really having a proper rest, a proper break. Yeah, I just uh, think he's not been the same player since he came back for the, the African Cup of Nations. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad to see him get a rest. I'm glad to see that we, we got the result because before, I think, did they miss a couple of games and then we really, really struggled. So it's good to see that we can put in a good performance without him because maybe previously other guys weren't willing to take his place and up their game a wee bit. And Gary, still with you, Collins obviously mentioned that that he maybe expected Roof to be involved from the from the start today. I, I was kind of almost the other side of the coin. I expected Morelos to play, but maybe Sakala to start. I'm, I'm unsure about Ruth at, uh, at the moment. I, I don't know if I'm, Van Bronckhorst fancies him that much. Uh, so, so I wasn't shocked to see him not start. Um, but I, I kind of agree with you with Sakala. I, th- I thought we'd have definitely changed it. But 
and the form of the losses and it's can you, you need to play them every game. So I was kind of we really got the, the perfect mix that Morelos started, they done the job, and then they got rested uh, for Thursday and for other games coming up. Colin, game starts and, and I felt I felt Rangers started really quite well. I, I thought we we looked like we were at it. We looked like we were keen to to sort of get the tie and put to bed as early as possible. Of course, we took the lead on nine minutes. Um, it was Helander's goal, surely, was it not? Yeah, I, I the, the, my son was watching it sort of the first 10 minutes of the day. He was going to play football. Uh, so he, he, he sort of missed the majority of the game. But like both of us were thinking, that crossed the line. And even even the way he cleared it, 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 it didn't come straight out. It no. came out at an angle and then hit the bar and came out. Uh, but it's just as well Golson scored it because I don't I, I don't think the, the ref was going to give it and I don't think the, the linesman had flagged to say that it's crossed the line so it's probably quite lucky that, that Goldson reacted and he did react because he was celebrating as the, as the yep. ball came, came back to him you know he's had to sort of readjust and it was a great finish sure. for a centre half it was a good oh, finish really he's, he's been due it though he's, I mean last season he really chipped in with goals yeah. uh, this season I think he's, he's struggled a wee bit in that front he's, me and my son used to Sort of call him biscuit tin. He'd every time he come up for a corner, you know what I mean. The, the ball would, it would go anywhere, but but in the net. But last season he really chipped in with, with loads of goals and set pieces and headers and stuff like that. He's kind of reverted back to type this season, I think. He could so, have had a hat trick on Thursday as well. I know, that's right? Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. I mean that, that that one at the end. That's I think that's a bad miss. The, the one on Thursday night. I think that's a really bad miss. And as comfortable position we're in going into Thursday's game, you know, I still wouldn't like to say that it's it's put to bed. I think if that goes in, it's done. I, I just can't see Red Star scoring five on the night. So uh, hopefully it'll not be a costly miss. But no, it was. It was a good finish. He took it well. Uh, and <laughs> he's the second player to have a kid <laughs> like nine months after trophy day, apparently. <laughs> What a night that must have been! Eh? Aye, well, well, I always had this romantic. I was I was born in March '73, and I always had this romantic notion that I was conceived the night Rangers won the Cup Winners Cup. But uh, uh, the maths don't quite work. <laughs> so, so I've changed it now. I, I was I was I was conceived the night that David Bowie. Uh, Played his final concert as Ziggy, Stander, uh, Ziggy Stardust at the Hammersmith Odeon. That's the night I was conceived now because that does kind of work out, you know. That I, the Cup Winners Cup doesn't. So listen, Gary, we we obviously speak about the 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 goal that we scored first again. Um, it comes from a, a James Tavernier assist, and he, he, you know, what I mean, sometimes it gets a hard time. Sometimes people love him. Sometimes people don't love him so much. Um, I seen a, a, a couple of graphics after the game on on Thursday night. His numbers this season are, are really quite incredible, aren't they? Yeah, awesome, absolutely awesome. Um, I think he's got to be one of the players that people won't realise what he brings to the team until he's he's no yeah. longer with us. Absolutely. So I, I was saying I kind of laughed at my dad the day we were watching the game together, and I said that uh, I'd seen something on Twitter like people talk about should Tavernier be in the Hall of Fame and all this kind of stuff, and uh, I was like people will say that until we get beat and then it'll be him that gets the blame for it and then we'll <laughs> want him out the door but uh, he's, he's, his numbers are incredible like, absolutely incredible and the, the thing I, I laugh at and I don't know if, if, if you see this as well is that when Van Bronckers first came in the fullbacks they must have been told not to cross the halfway line and that's like where your like main yeah. attacking things came from for the last four or five years and I don't know if maybe the, the, the more senior players have maybe got to Van Bronckers and says, listen, can really need to give us a bit more uh, 
what's the word, freedom to go forward. And uh, because you were you were basically taking can all those numbers away from what we do. And uh, see, I'm assuming that the senior players have went to him about it and uh, and knew that Bassi's getting forward, Tab's getting forward, and that staff started scoring the goals again and making all these assists that we've had for the last four or five years. Colin, he, he does get a tough time. There's no two ways about it. And you know what I mean? I'll be honest with you. I, I've I've had a bit of a niggle at him myself on, on occasion. Um, I do think he's in good form just now. He scores again, which which we'll come to later on. His 12th goal this season. So for a fullback to get 12 goals this season, he's in relatively decent form. Um, where do you stand on, on the on the James Tavernier debate? Uh, I, I think the criticism he's received in the past has been warranted. You know what I mean? He, he has had you know, bad moments. And I think because of that, you know, being played so far forward at times, I think certainly under Warburton, he was found out yeah. defensively because he was positionally, he was, he was pushed so far up. I think the way Gerard played it, I think he, he wanted his full backs forward, but I think essentially he was looking for his midfield three. Once Rangers were in the opponent's half, it was up to the midfield three to keep them hemmed in and, you know, to protect uh, the, the, the central defenders. Uh, so, you know, his game's changed over the years. He's had good periods, he's, he's had bad periods. But, I, I mean, in terms of the being included in the, the Hall of Fame, I, I think I think he's knocking on the door. You know what I mean? Absolutely. He's, uh, and one thing you've got to give him, I think, is is his mental strength, his, his, his character, to come through the sort of criticism that he has come through. And I've given him criticism. I've criticised him on this pod. But I think if it's constructive, then that's fine, but it's not always been constructive with Tab. You know, you get people jumping on a bandwagon yeah. type thing. Yeah, absolutely. But you get, you, but you get people, has he not been messaged directly on Twitter and stuff or Instagram and people telling him this, that, and the next thing? I think that's when it crosses a line, but his ability just to, to, to block that out and keep going, you've, you really have that. That, that. that tells you everything you need to know about the guy's character and his mental strength. Uh, so he's come through the rough periods and he's, you know, it, it contributes when he's he's on form. You look at his journey, you know, he signed for us when we were in, you know, the, the division below. Yeah. He's took some proper poundings off that mob across the road. Aye. You know, he was, part, he was part of that progress debacle and, and last season he lifted the, the SPL trophy. This year he's on the verge of reaching the quarterfinals of the Europa League. Well, that says a lot about the guy, I think, you know, that he's, he's, he's Aye, he's up there in terms of uh, chatting on the door and, and in terms of getting into the Hall of Fame. He's no better than Gary Stevens. <laughs> I, want kill, I want to kill that debate. I've seen a few people today saying he's our best right back uh, since Sandy Jardin. I would, I would, I would, uh, I would stop there. I would, I would say Gary Stevens certainly in my lifetime is the best right back the Rangers have had. Aye, and listen, without you and I sort of showing our age, because I know what Gary's going to say. Um, I am with you. I, I think Gary Stevens is he's certainly the best right back I've seen at Rangers. Yeah. yeah. Um and I, I think he would he would have to go some to to sort of dislodge him from that position. Uh, I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to speak about a couple of chances that we got in between um us going one up and and get, eventually getting the penalty midway through the first half. And again, it's Tavernier, three assists. He's got two wonderful raking balls from right into the back post for Morelos. But I think it was before that. It may have been in between. I apologise if I've got that wrong. He plays a great ball into Aaron Ramsey, who stings the the goalkeeper's fingers. Gary, um, we could really have been out of sight inside the first twenty minutes up there. Yeah, we should have been, and that was my my worry when it was sitting even at two nothing. Is that we've always sort of, I've said that a million times on this podcast. We've got a brain fart in us all the time, <laughs> and 
if he didn't take our chances, can we have been punished? Can even this season can do nothing against Motherwell for, uh, for example, just because we couldn't kill off the game. So I was yeah. beginning to worry a wee bit, but when the third goal went in, uh, I was quite happy because that kills the game. It just takes one mistake and then they're back in it. Your heads go down. And as I said previously, it's uh, we've never recovered. Yeah. Colin, these chances, of course, come, come at one nothing, so we're not too up at that point, but they were all, you know I mean, really good chances. You would expect Morelos to probably score with at least one of them. Yeah, the, 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 the ball for Tav and the header, he, he should be doing better then. Uh, I also think uh, Ramsey maybe could have done a wee bit better with his effort. I, I, I think he just let the ball go on just that split second too much. Aye, I think he had yeah. a chance to take take a, a sort of quicker shot, but you know he's not played a lot of football late, so you can kind of understand that. But uh, yeah, and and that's my only complaint really about today is is the amount of chances we had and, and didn't take them. You know, yeah. because okay, it's the cup today and, and and that's fair enough. But you know, in, in the league campaign, we are a few. It's, it's not just the three points. We've got to worry about with Celtic. It's it's the goal difference as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So if we get the, if we get an opportunity to you know scud a team three four five, we've got to take it. We've got to try and eat into, into that as much as we can. And I just thought we were a wee bit wasteful today. The Ramsey chance in the second half, as I said, I think he should score that. Sakala had a right bad one. Uh, the ball in for Roof. I, th- I think he's got to score that. So yeah, there was a few chances that you just thought. It, it, I mean, it was three nothing going on six or seven, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if, if I've taken all our really good chances, then we've absolutely scudded them today. So that's my only concern from today is a wee bit wasteful with the chances. And, you know, in, in other days, if you're only one nothing up, as has been the case, two nothing up against Motherwell, you know, and then, as, as Gary says, we have a brain fart and then all of a sudden it's two each. You know, these chances that we're missing, they, they could come back and... And, and I'm, I'm surprised that we're not being more sort of ruthless because, you know, Gio seems to be saying in a lot of interviews, he wants to kill games early. He wants to just finish the game and, and, yeah. and that's it. Uh, so if we start taking these chances, we can do that. We can we can finish the game early, you know, take key players off, get get them rested, get minutes and other players that are sort of on the, on the, uh, the periphery trying to get game time. Uh, but we're just not doing it. You know, we're just not killing teams off early enough. So, Colin, I'll tell you, I'll stick with you. We um, were one nothing up, and Dundee get a free kick on the right hand side and deliver it right in the box. And the big centre half of them, Ashcroft, I think his name, puts one wide of the post. Um, I felt Hollander was a wee bit soft and um, probably wasn't up as early as maybe I would expect him to be. Not for the first time we've seen him like that this season. I wonder if he's struggling for not getting the game regularity. Yeah, I, I, I did see him when he got up. He was shouting at the referee and he was sort of suggesting that, that someone was holding him down. I, I'm not sure. Uh, I think the boy should score, actually. I think it's a good enough chance. To, I certainly think he should get it on target. Uh, and then it's up to McLaughlin whether he can save it or not. But, yeah, it's again, it's that, you know, you have a chance to sort of pretty much kill the game and then we don't take it and then, you know, a, a stupid free kick. And, and if they score that, it gives them a lift. That said, I mean... Their attendance today, the, the amount of Dundee fans that turned out today, uh, I mean, that must have been... Mark McGee that. effect, mate. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's an uninspiring appointment. Uh, it has of to course. be said, you know yeah. what I mean? And I, 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 it's a strange one, but... you know, but I, Can I just go in there? I, I still, I was saying a guy at my work, I can't, even, for the life of me, understand how these guys continue to get jobs in football. It really baffles me, like... 
Well, we, we know how Mark McGee got that job. You know, oh, I, I, <laughs> he's wee ginger pal upstairs who's also got another job in East End of Glasgow. Uh, so, I, it's 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 staggering that he's still getting a job. To be honest with you, uh, but I, even taking him into consideration, I think Dundee. I think the figure I saw the day was twelve hundred tickets they sold that right. picture today. That's, Shocking that for a top flight club. Uh, and Dundee, you know, been in the European Cup semi-final back in the fifties or sixties or something like that. Yeah, you know, they, they, they've, they've had successful periods in their history. They're a big club up there, and I think that's that's really really poor. And 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 as players, as you're coming out, you're the task big enough as it is. You know, you're you're trying to beat the champions of Scotland, and you look at how many supporters have turned up. Yeah, I think it's a hard day for them. I think. Gary, midway through the first half, um, twenty-four minutes, we bit shy on that um rangers get a penalty so at first when i seen it it was one of the ones if it's awarded against you, you're raging i think if it goes in your favor you're quite delighted i think generally it was a wee bit soft oh it's definitely soft if if, if we got that penalty i'd be absolutely fuming <laughs> but, uh, but what, what i did to uh, laugh at is in the second half um the exact same thing happened to ryan kent on the, the touchline the referee we've played on that's right that's, uh, <laughs> It's yeah. unlikely they've been consistent, isn't it? Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, the thing is, you get, you get the penalty, and by the rules, it probably was a foul. So, if you get the penalty, you still got to score it, which we did, and it yeah. gave us 2 nothing lead. Colin, I know you're busting to speak about the pen. I'm uh, It's soft. I don't think there's any doubt about that. The, the one thing, who was the defender? I can't remind who it was. Sweeney was his name. Uh, he, he turns his body and sort of goes in with his shoulder a wee bit. Right. I think that's maybe what does it. You know, if I think if he just stands his ground, then you yeah. know he's got a stronger case. But I think the fact that he just turned and sort of leaned into him, that's what that's what's done him. But uh no, I mean just just to purely wind up that mob across the road. It was never a penalty, but I'm absolutely <laughs> delighted that it was a penalty. Get it right up there. Uh, you see Tom McManus on Twitter? He's a dick, and he's a proper dick. Honestly, uh, he's just a. You know, when when Ryan Kane gets sent off up in Pataudry for not fouling Scott Brown, it's oh Scott Brown's cute. Ryan Kent's got to be more clever than that. When it's Aye. a penalty like this, you know, he's not saying oh Tavernier's very cute. You know, the, the defender's got to be clever there and no do that. No, no, it's an embarrassing decision and all that shit. Uh, it, it was soft. There's no, there's no denying that. But uh, I think, as, as Gary said there, with, with the, the sort of letter of the law, if you're taking it literally, then and, and and I do think when he turns his sort of shoulder a wee bit, that maybe makes up the referee's mind. But I mean, the referee, I mean that pass back decision as well. That was a bizarre. That was another strange. Honestly, the standard of the referee not here is diabolical. It's, it's, yeah. To be honest, I think uh, Dundee should have had a penalty in the second half as well when uh, when Ruth handballed it. And if that had been going about VAR and things like that, can I think they would have got a penalty if it. Had, Bar had been in place. Well, I mean, again, this is this this notion that VAR will fix everything. I don't I don't agree with that as well. I mean, there was one the day the Chelsea Newcastle game. It's as blatant a penalty as you'll see. Like Newcastle should have had a penalty, and it, and VAR had a look at it and no, nah, it's fine. And you know, the same officials that we're complaining about up here in Scotland, they're the guys that are going to be operating it up here. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's so the problem. It, so. it's, and and there's also the fact that. I, 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 I genuinely believe that referees will try and look look after one another. So if there's a if, if there is a decision that looks like the referee's got it wrong, if the guy that's running the the video assistant ref can find a way of protecting him and sticking with the original decision, I think I think they'll take that option. You know, what I mean, they'll not want to make one another look like 
mugs and they've got it completely wrong. So I, I don't think VAR's going to fix fix everything up here. In fact, I think initially it would be an even bigger shit show than it is now. Yeah. It would, it, there would just be so much controversy around it. Certainly for offsides and things, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, Handballs yeah. and things, but... I mean, big, yeah, big decisions become a problem, I think. I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll paint a picture for you. Don Robertson doesn't know the answer to an incident. So he goes to VAR and then he crosses to Willie Collum to make a decision. So I think for as long as you have the same diddies that are largely incompetent week in, week out, um, and you don't change these guys or you don't improve the quality of the refs, we'll continue to have this rolling discussion about how good or not they are. And the sad reality is at the moment they're getting a doing because they're making big decisions wrongly. Yeah, and that no. goes ac- that goes across that. That's not just a Rangers thing. It's across the board in the country. It's just the way it is. Yeah, it, it's not. It's not even just that they're getting it wrong. It's it's fairly obvious decisions that they're getting wrong. Like, like that back pass today. I mean, that was never a back pass. Absolutely. You know, that that should have been a corner kick. That's a basic call for a referee and a linesman to make, and they get it wrong. Uh, so yeah, and 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 again, coming back to VAR, it's to me like the the, the goal line technology is is fantastic because that is. Definitive, you know, the minute that ball crosses a line, the referee's watch goes, apart for that one last season, which was pretty <laughs> blatant. But you know, that that's been the one blip so far. You know, that's that's definitive, it's it's clear cut, it's 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 no up for debate. With other decisions when it when it comes to VAR, it's, it's all about interpretation and who's seen it and what they think Aye. they're seeing. And so honestly, that one today at, at, at Chelsea, it's it's a shocking decision. It's an absolutely shocking decision that who Newcastle never got a penalty. Everyone in the ground thinks it's a penalty, apart from the guy sitting watching on the screen and he says it's not a penalty. So he doesn't say to the referee, eh, go and review it, there, there could be a foul here. And I, while there's interpretation and while, while it's up for debate, decisions are going to go different ways. I think if we'd had VAR in Scotland at Tanadice a couple of weeks ago, that first penalty claim, the handball one, I don't, I don't think VAR's going to change that. I'll be yeah. honest with you. I think they'll start, I think, I think they would stick with the referee decision. Yeah. And then, listen, Chelsea v Newcastle, the, the derby of morals today, wasn't it? Yeah, I know. Aye. I, um, I, 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 quite, I quite liked, what was it, that, uh, the, the Chelsea fans are singing, Boris Johnson, he's coming for you, uh, to the Newcastle fans, because <laughs> Newcastle fans were giving them a bit of stick, obviously. And then, yep. in fact, were Newcastle fans in today? Um, I'm not sure. They must be because they've, they've, they've sold those tickets previously. It's from actually allowed. Yeah. Uh, it's here on. So that's maybe the reason that uh, there was no tickets for Dundee. Maybe they've got a Russian shareholder <laughs> or something. I don't know if they sell any more tickets. Well, they had a couple of dodgy Italians a few years ago, didn't they? They so, did. You yeah, can yeah. Goodness me. Uh, Gary, I'll tell you, I'll stick with you. Um, Sakala comes on at half time alongside Roof. So we give a. a Really nice rest to, to Morelos. I think an overdue rest to Morelos in a similar vein to Aribo. Kamara takes some time out as well. Um, Sakala looked really busy when he came on, I thought. he Listen, we, as we spoke, there was a, a couple of moments where he was a wee bit wasteful. However, um, I don't think he can fault his endeavour and his effort in the second half, I thought was quite impressive. Well, his attitude's fantastic. If you, if you can bottle that, can you, you make a lot of money. Absolutely. Um, but I think you're, you're talking about players for back in the day and whatever as well but I've always been told that he's very similar to Ted McMinn again I was the old, I'm not old enough to remember him but I think uh, that that's the way he's going to be that he's got to be very erratic and can he, he does the he's got to deal alone anybody else 
Yeah. Uh, like, you see, his his goals for comfort being mainly our subs, brilliant. Can he's, he's just scored a few goals? He should have had another one today. Maybe kept himself on side. But again, that's uh, his enthusiasm is brilliant. I think it actually carries on to other players on the team as well. Colin, I've said before, as far as Sakala is concerned, there's a wee bit, a wee tiny bit of the natural novels around them. Um, and by that, I mean, I, technically not the greatest, but my goodness, he really tries his hardest every yeah, time he crosses the white line. Yeah, he's, and, and I think that's what any supporter looks for, isn't it? You know, I've, yeah. I've always felt that. It doesn't matter. You know, I've, I've heard supporters moaning about certain players and the money that they've cost and all the rest of it. And I've, my view's always been like, it's not his fault that this fee's been attached to him. You know, that's between the, the clubs that, 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 yeah. that buy and sell. Uh, so I, I've never been one for having a go at players for that. I just look at what, what they give us. You know, did they try? Did, did they put everything in? Did they leave it all out in the pitch? That kind of thing. And he certainly does that. You know yeah. what I mean? He's, 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 got a, he's got a big heart. Uh, you know, and, and he keeps going. You know, and, and that's... that. You just mentioned sort of Ted McMahon and Nacho Novo. He's, he's, he's sort of determination to keep going no matter how many chances he misses. It reminds me a wee bit of Ali. You know, I'm not going to say he's going to reach the, the heights that Ali made, but that's certainly something McCoy, McCoy was never scared of missing. He yeah. would go again and go again and just keep going uh, and it would eventually come right from. And that's what happened to David Sakala. You know, he had a couple of bad misses. He had that goal chopped off for offside. And that was a, what, that was a, that was a cracker. That was a, that was a tasty finish, by the way. <laughs> uh, and then he, he eventually gets his goal. So he's, he's definitely got, you know, a bit about him in terms of, again, his character and his determination to keep on going. He needs to bin that fucking Ronaldo celebration. Oh, he does. My, does he my really nuts. does. Aye. I, I, I think you're, you're keen for him to um, have an individuality, develop your own yeah. celebration. You don't have to yeah. copy what these guys are doing because he's a fanboy almost, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do think there's a bit of tongue-in-cheek where, you know, I, I do think he's kind of ripping the piss a wee bit, but even still, it's not a good look, you know what I mean? Because the, the, the slow-motion replay today showed you I'm doing it, an empty... <laughs> <laughs> empty dens part not a soul there you know what I mean and he's going Vee! and you're just like oh big man let that go that, that, you need to stop that part absolutely Gary I'll tell you one of the things I, I do want to speak about um, we, we know that Ramsey had an effort um, cleared off the line before we got the third with Scala right at the death um, but in between then Ryan Kent goes off with what looks like maybe quite a nasty injury at a really crappy time with Thursday coming up. Now, I, I've not clocked to see what the damage is in that, and I don't know if Gio spoke about it post-match, but um, he's one player that I think we really need to make sure is on the flight to Serbia this week. 100%. He's, he's one of our best players. So I was a bit uh, worried when I seen him coming off and then got strapped up in that with the ice afterwards. Yeah. So, uh, fingers crossed it's not as bad as it potentially looked as he came off. Colin, so you, don't want to, you don't want to go to Belgrade with it, Ryan Kent, do you? Uh, well, one thing I'd say about Ryan Kent is he's playing really well, but he's, he's, his numbers are poor this season. You know, right. his assists and goals are, are pretty poor. So he's as much as he's causing havoc, there's not a lot of, you know, you're not getting a lot of sort of direct impact from him in terms of assists and goals. Yeah. But uh, you still you still want him on that flight, you know what I mean? And Gio spoke about it after the game. He says it was just an impact thing and, and they should be fine. So I, th I think he will be on the flight. Sorry, Gary. I was going to say, the thing about Ryan Kent, it's even if he isn't hitting the numbers and things like that, he's a distraction. Can teams will yeah, put two I players guess. on him and it allows other players to maybe make an impact. But I, I, I agree with what you're saying. He, sometimes he doesn't do enough, but even his presence in the park is a worry for other uh, teams. Yeah. I, I think if he'd, he'd, if he'd hit in terms of his numbers, anyway, anything like what he done last season, I think we'd be top of the league right now. You know what I mean? I, I, I do think we've missed 
you know, goals for the sort of same areas. We got them last season. I was talking about Connor Goldson earlier on. You know, yeah. we've not got the same amount of goals for him this season. We've not had the same amount in, in terms of goals from Ryan Kent and stuff like that. And that has an impact. You know what I mean? That's that, that's games that you're maybe drawing, and there has been a lot of draws, yeah. especially at Ibrox this season. You know, these guys chip in with goals at vital times. That that changes a draw to a win. And so yeah, I, I, I it's just a mild criticism of Ryan Kent I've got at the moment. I think he needs to start having a you know a bigger impact in terms of goals and assists. Well, and we finished the game um, across the centre of the pitch with James Sands, who I thought was excellent today. Yeah. Um, but special word to to Char- Northern Ireland's Charlie McCann um, <laughs> and um, and and Alex Lowry. Um, big day for for the the youth academy. Seeing these guys, you know, what I mean, I've seen the management team have the faith in these guys to to see the game out. I thought it was a real pat in the back for these three today. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. I mean, Lowry's been. Uh, Bit of a revelation since he came in, you know. Absolutely. I thought, he, thought he played really well uh, against Stirling Albion that night, and he got an assist today. You know what I mean? And that means he's he's one assist behind Ryan Kent. I think you know. What I mean? just, you know <laughs> that's the sort of, that's the sort of thing I'm talking about. Uh, but and it was you know he, t- he timed the, the 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 sort of the timing of the pass well. You know he 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 moved it on at exactly the right time. It gave Sakala a chance to take that good touch and get it away. Uh, so yeah, it's it's all minutes and, and legs. It's all about experience for, for for guys like Lowry and McCann. You know they're they're getting in there and finding out what it's about in, in terms of playing for Rangers and, and cup competitions and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I and as I've said before on the show, you know the Dutch trust young players absolutely. You know the, yeah. uh, if if Lowry keeps going the way he's going, especially Lowry, I, I think you might see him feature quite a lot next season. You know I, he's getting these sort of cameos here and there at the moment, but if he's continuing to develop. You know, the Dutch, I mean, you only have to look at Barry Ferguson. Uh, me and uh, John McCallum uh, were having a beer or two in Glasgow a few a few months back, and Barry Ferguson came up as a topic, and, and he was very much of the opinion if, if Walter Smith had stayed as a manager, and Barry Ferguson, Ferguson would, yeah. would, wouldn't have been the player that he was at Rangers because he, he just wouldn't have got the opportunity. And I tend to agree, you know, because he, he wasn't really getting a huge amount of game time. Dick Advocate arrives, boom, he's in every week. He's the, he's the guy we're building this team around. So I'm not saying that's what's going to happen with Lowry, but if, if he wants to, to get opportunities in the first team, then I think somebody like Van Bronckhurst is that type that would, that would do that. And, and Gary, one of the things that I think is quite fascinating about Lowry is his um, his enthusiasm when, when he's got, that he's always looking to drive forward when he, goes, when, he, when he has the ball at his feet. He's, he's very rarely looking for a side pass or, or moving back the way. He's always looking to to progress with the ball and create something. I think he's, he's a really exciting prospect. We'll be, um, we'll be watching his development with, with a lot of excitement over the next couple of years, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that the, because he plays a bit further forward, maybe give him more of a chance because we've got quite a, a lot of like sitting midfielders. So yeah. I think I'm being more attacking it will certainly help him with opportunities. I, I, I don't know if I've told this story before, but uh, a few years ago, I, I went to Auchenhowie to, to watch the one of the youth teams train and at that point Laura had the long hair and everything of course, so he, yeah. he stuck out a wee bit and see even then that must have been two or three years ago he stood at the end so I've always kind of kept a wee eye on him uh, obviously because of the hair now <laughs> since he did start, stand out <laughs> but uh, it's, I just I'm all over youth players getting an opportunity it doesn't happen enough for me at, at Rangers so it's good to see that uh, that like the day two of them got a, an opportunity and even King and previously has been getting a chance as well. So it's, it's, it's great for the future. I just hope it continues. How, how old is Lowry? 18? 
I think so. he's 18, I. 18. Yeah. I, I'm sure he was under 16 when I seen him. I'm sure he was under 16. So you think about it like six, seven years ago, he'd have been sitting watching Super Sunday, watching Aaron Ramsey play for Arsenal. And now he's sharing a dressing room. I mean, as an experience for that guy, I mean, the, the day he walks in and, and sits in the same dressing room as Aaron Ramsey, you know, not, not only is he playing for Rangers, he's sitting next to a, an absolute global superstar. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's great experience for these young guys. You know what I mean? Because not, not that long ago, they were sitting watching these players wanting to be professional football players. I've said previously, um, when we had Defoe in and around the place, um, and there was a, a quite a there was a big thing made about the um, the relationship they had built with, with some of the younger strikers at the club and all the good things that he was trying to teach them. And the boy, um, Mabudi, who of course has, has now moved on, I'm sure he's down at Watford just now, um, he was learning so much from him just sponging it all in. And I remember reading an interview um, that, that he had done, I think it was with the club press actually, and he said that beforehand they had only really recognised Jermaine Defoe as the guy he had seen on Match of the Day or when yeah. he was playing FIFA. And as you rightly say, Colin, all of a sudden he's sort of sharing a changing with him. Yeah, yeah. no. It's, you know, for, for young players, it's, it's not just about you know, getting minutes on part. It's it's it's, it's about the, the whole experience, you yeah. know, of playing at a professional football club, day to day basis, training, all that kind of thing, and being exposed to players like that, you know, and picking up, uh, you know, good habits, diet, all that kind of thing. There's, there's no doubt about it. For some, for Lowry and McCann and all those young boys that, that were sitting in that dressing room today, sitting next to somebody like Aaron Ramsey, I mean, that's just it's just an incredible experience. You know, what I mean, huge deal. And one that will go on. That, that's something, whatever they end up in their careers, that's something they'll look back on and they'll be able to say, well, you know what, I played for Rangers and I was sitting next to Aaron Ramsey when I was getting changed. I, I just hope I, the, the guys appreciate the opportunity they've got because there's yeah. a, a lot of young players who get these opportunities yeah. and, and blow it and it's not till yeah. it's too late they realise that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth in that. You, you kind of, the the youth of today kind of come through and, do you know what I mean, this guy is going to be the next best thing or he plays like him and then they get to 21, sometimes not as late as that and it just falls on its arse. And I, I think there has to be a time where that has to change and you, you have to hope that the, the current setup at the training centre um, is encouraging the guys to look after themselves better and um, maintain a standard that's expected and you need to hope that guys like Lowry and, and McCann, Nathan Patterson previously as well, um, that these guys are taking it on board and, and using it in their favour. Um, sometimes as well money has an impact on it. You know, of course it does. You know, you see a lot of this down south, I think, you know, very, very young guys on huge amounts of money and yeah. that has an, if, if someone's blown up your ass 24 hours a day and telling you they're the greatest thing since, since sliced bread, then there's every chance you're going to become a person who thinks that you're the greatest thing since sliced yeah. bread and, and that can turn you into someone who doesn't train properly. You just think everything's going to land on your lap. And yeah, it's it's. I think sometimes the clubs can do more to support players and, and yep. these things, but you, 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 you can't legislate for some people's characters. You know yeah. what I mean? Some people are just beyond help, I think. And I'll, I'll tell you, in, in that case, there's a, a, a sort of a penny for Nathan Parsons thoughts right now. Um, You know, he, he goes down to Everton, he ain't cutting the mustard, he's largely uninvolved and Everton are in a really, really tricky place in that league this season. He could potentially be playing championship football next season. We hope he's not and we, we continue to monitor his progress and, and we hope that he is in the, the top league, but it's a I, tough I time think, for him. Yeah, I think he was unlucky though with the management change, just literally. I mean, yeah. he 
he was walking in the door, wasn't he? Uh, uh, as the old boy was walking out and, and Lampard was coming in. So it's, I think he's been a wee bit unlucky. I think it's a wee bit soon to sort of judge where, where, he's, where he's heading at the moment. But uh, and, I mean, you, you look at Danny Wilson. Hi. Yes. It's, it's, you know, it, it really is difficult for young players because I felt going to Liverpool at that time was the wrong thing to do. You could argue that going to Everton the now is maybe going to prove to be the wrong thing for Nathan Patterson. But financially, it's, you just, Aye. you know, and, and especially Danny Wilson, you know, Liverpool are chatting at the door. Kenny Dalglish is chatting at his door saying, do you want to play for Liverpool? Yeah. You might never get that opportunity again, you know. So even although, you know, I'm sure Danny Wilson will look back and think, well, that's probably where my career started going a bit south. At the time, you're not really in a position yeah. to say no. You know, it's very, very difficult for these young guys not to take that sort of move. So it is, it's tricky. It's a tricky thing. So Gary, sorry, you go, buddy. I was going to say, I remember uh, Mark Warburton had said something uh, that he found down south with, with players and like youth players. And it was like 18-year-old getting £10,000, £20,000. He says, how can you motivate yeah. a player to become better? Because really, they have go as far as they, they probably need to go if you know what I mean so it's yeah. it's quite hard it's, it's probably easy for us to talk about it we've never been in that position ourselves but um, well that's yeah, what through the net Gary you know what I mean it's just one of the <laughs> 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 I, I think they're only drinking women that, that's what that me <laughs> Gary so we, we obviously listen we know when they went to the, the, the semi-finals um, you got a preference about who we draw next yeah I wouldn't mind Celtic. I, I, I'd love to get revenge on Hibs in a final, to be honest. Um, but I don't care. As long as we win it, I don't care. And, and Colin, same one to you. Just want to win it, and just it's been too long. No one in that Scottish Cup. Yeah, uh, it's 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 actually a trophy that we seem to be a bit cursed in. You know, when I saw Rangers win a cup for the first time, it was '92 against Airdrie. I think they'd went 11 years without winning it at that point. You know, earlier on in our history, we went 25 years without winning it. You know, yeah. Cup Hoodoo and all that. So it does seem to be a, a competition that we are a bit cursed in. Uh, and what was it? 2009 was the last time we won it. Yeah, uh, Cup. So aye, aye, it's long overdue. I, I, would, I would love to see the, the Scottish Cup back at Ibrox. Uh, along with the league in the Europa League, that would, that, that's, that's that, all that would, I ask for. You know? That would be a lovely treble, wouldn't it? Goodness yeah, it would, me! Uh, so uh, listen, it's, it's, it's a treble that's not getting talked about enough, to be honest with you. But there absolutely, we go. aye. Um, listen, so we'll, we'll move quite nicely onto the Europa League. Huge game on Thursday, Colin. Um, how confident are you right now going into that tie, knowing what you know? I think we've got every reason to be confident. When you look at where where Rangers are in Europe and where they've been over the last three, four years. When we got back from the game on Thursday, I said to my son, I was like, by the way, this this is not normal. You know, this level of consistency in Europe. Yeah. You know, because it has been. It's been a, a, a level of consistency. And, and it feels to me that we've we've earned the right to get to that quarterfinal because we've, we've reached the last 16, uh, the last two or three years. It, it, it would be fitting to show that this team's progressing and learning that, that, that we take that next step. Uh, yeah. And so I'm sitting down. Like I've, my first European game was was Rangers against Sparta Prague. Was it Sparta Prague? Uh, and we got we, we won two one on the night, but we went out and away goals. Andy Gorham and Scott Nisbet contrived to shaft us when we were two and up. Stuart McCall had scored twice. So I think I was like 18 at the time, 18, some 17, 18, something like that. My son's 16, right? 17 next month, uh, or a couple of months, sorry. And we're going through the teams that he's seen already. 
you know, we're going, we, we went through them sort of chronological order. It was like Vienna, uh, Spartak Moscow, you know, and then the following year it was uh, Feyenoord and Porto, and then it was a Spanish team we got, Villarreal. Real. You know, and, and, and he should have seen Galatasaray and Benfica and, you know, all the teams that we didn't see last year because of yeah. COVID. Aye. Uh, Braga, Leverkusen. Then this year, you know, he's he's had the group stages, then he's had Dortmund, and, and now he's had Red Star. And I was I had a huge list, and I was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Rangers weren't in Europe long enough when I was that age to, 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 to amass that sort of, you know, European experience and nights under the lights and all that kind of thing. So, you know, we have done really, really well in a, this competition over the last few years. We've shown time and time again that we're, that we're, a, we're a strong Europa League team. You know, we, we can compete at this level. I think we'll score over there. Uh, I, 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 I'm struggling to remember a time that we, we went, went away and, and didn't and not score. scored. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think if we get the goal, even although the way goals thing has, is gone now, I think we're pretty much as good as through at that point. So, uh, it's not done. I'm not saying it's done. That you know, I think the first 20 minutes could be telling. You can see yeah. the early, then all of a sudden it becomes, you know, a, a different game altogether. Uh, but I don't think we've got anything to be afraid of. We've, we've went to tougher places than Red Star and 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 won. Uh, it'll be a tricky game, but I, I, I'm confident Rangers will go through. I think they'll go through in quarterfinals. As a it's game, a lottery, I, isn't it? I, I well, I keep on saying to my son. You know, once you get to the quarterfinals in a European competition, you've got momentum behind you, you've got belief behind you, you get a decent draw, and all of a sudden you're in the semis, and then you really start to believe, you know, we can reach this final yeah. here. And so once once you're in the quarterfinals, it's it's game on. You know what I mean? So uh, hopefully come Friday morning, that's where we'll be. Gary, if you've got the opportunity to go to Serbia, do you start with the, the back three that worked so well at Ibrox last week? Yes. You have to, don't you? I mean, I think Lundstrom played the two-guy role so well. Aye. Uh, I can't believe how much he's improved the last four months. Yeah. He's, can I, I would have happily seen him leave in January. Aye. And, uh, yeah, he's just he's, he's turned into a, quite a, a vital player for us, especially in Europe. And are, are you confident going going across there on Thursday, Gary? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with Colin. I think we'll, we'll score a goal over there, and I, I can't see them scoring four um, against us. Um but uh, it's, it's, uh, to me, it's just the kind of the same scenario as the, the, the Dortmund game. If we didn't do nothing stupid, I didn't see why we, we can't be in the quarter-final draw come Friday. And then it's four games away for a European final, potentially. And see, that that's the thing that I, I find a wee bit hard to sort of compute a wee bit, just how close we are. Um, I think because of, for a, a lot of different reasons, because of the way that the, the seasons went, because of, do you know what I mean, the, the change of manager, the new regime coming in, the things haven't been great since January for what it's worth. I think the performance today is probably the best performance we've seen this year so far on a cow field. Um, and I just think it's incredible to think we're so close to getting into the, the sort of last eight of a major European tournament call. And we go over there on, on Thursday with three guys on, on yellow cards, guys that are playing relatively big parts in a, in a success. Lundstrom, Morelos, I think Sakala's on a yellow as well. Um, I wonder how cleverly these guys will be used across there on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, if Morelos is on a yellow, I wouldn't be surprised if Roof starts then. You know, and yeah. maybe that's why he never started today. I don't know. But I mean, that's 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 part and parcel of it, isn't it? You know, you're, you're going to pick up bootings. If you're going into the latter stages of competitions, you're, you're going to pick up bootings. And you just need to sort of... Uh, 
roll with the punches. Although Morelos would be a huge miss if, yeah. if, if he did pick up a boot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the main thing for me in, in terms of if, if we if we do reach the quarterfinals is, you know, again, I wouldn't to my son. You know, he had an atrocious sort of introduction to Rangers. You know, they were in the bottom tier of Scottish football. Yeah been laughed at, mocked, you know, and we've had some horrendous days, you know, we, we were in the, the governor year that day, we got beat off Celtic 5-1, you know, some some right horrendous days when you're thinking, oh, yeah. this, is, this is brutal. You know, so we've, we've, you know, we were the last Scottish team to get to a quarterfinal in Europe, you know, in 2008. We've been kicked into the lower sort of uh, levels of Scottish football we've had to climb all the way back up and here we are on the brink of, of, of qualifying for the, the quarterfinals yeah, European competition and then that whole that same period Celtic who were the kings of, of Scotland and all the rest of it, have come nowhere near that Correct. level of consistency in Europe have come nowhere near you know that stage in Europe in terms of a quarterfinal uh, so yeah it would be some achievement and again one in my opinion that's that's not getting enough credit at all you know we have pretty much single-handedly uh, built up the, the coefficient points ourselves because no one else in Scotland is, is, is performing including Celtic in Europe so it would be a great night if we got through uh, you know and I was saying that to myself I said you need to go in and tell all the wee Celtic fans they, they, were, <laughs> they were going on about their 10 in a row and all this kind of stuff and how many quarterfinals are you seeing your club in, mate? You know what I mean? Because they've, they've not seen it. So, uh, aye, it would be really, it would be a huge moment for Rangers to, to reach that quarterfinal. And obviously, I hope they do. And uh, I think they will. The thing that gives me probably a bit more confidence, Gary, and I've said for probably since Dortmund that I, I almost felt because we we took care of them so professionally and well in Germany. I I don't think we really have a a huge deal to fear in Belgrade. I think the one thing that, the biggest problem I think will be how busy it is and how loud it is. I think that'll be the thing that that may, I don't want to say spook them. I almost wonder if the, not having any other support at Celtic Park at the beginning of February was part of the problem and why we played so poorly. I imagine the atmosphere over there on Thursday will be similar to that. It'll be noisy, it'll be red hot. Um, and Belgrade, of course, need to come out and really start from the off and have a right good go at us. That, in the same breath, can work in our favour because we know that when teams are offensive against us, we look a whole lot better than teams that sit in. Yeah, I think European football really, really suits us with the players we've got in the system we play. But if it was me anyway, I'd be trying to say to the players, get that crowd turning. Because the amount of times that teams try and do that at Ibrox with us, and I've seen it has worked to try to do it to Rangers. But yeah, they'd just try and play our game as you say, is be professional because it's, it's in our own hands. Eh? And Colin, one thing that surprised me, I didn't think defensively they were great at all. Morelos absolutely battered them, yeah. um, certainly in the first half on, on Thursday night. If if he does start on Thursday, if if he can play to, to that sort of standard again, I think we'll be in good stead on Thursday night. I, I agree with Gary. I think uh, I, I think European football suits us. And I've never seen us go away and really be, you know, Overawed. Aye, the, for the full 90. You know, we've went through periods and you've got to sort of get through periods and games. That happens to every team. You know, you're, you're not going to dominate, especially at that level of competition. You're not going to dominate for the for the full 90 minutes. But I think we showed in Dortmund, and I think it was interesting what we've done in Dortmund. You know, we, we seem to try and press them higher up the park. You know what I mean? And I think I think it would be quite interesting to do that again. If we'd done that again, sorry, on Thursday, because... 
this I, I don't want to sit back and take on too much, if you know what I mean, and, and defend too deep and, and, and build pressure and momentum on us because I think eventually at some point you're going to concede. It's not good uh, for your heart either, mate. No, it's really no, not. No, 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 when you're approaching fifty like me, anyway, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, but it's it's also I, I think you know given the players that we've had and have at the moment, Ryan Kent. I mean, even I, I always felt Brandon Barker played well. You know, he had a really good performance over in Porto. Yeah, he was. It excellent. suited him. You know, he would he would they would just sit and the minute we broke down the play. You know, Kent and Barker were away and causing mayhem. You know, and because they need goals, they are going to come at us. So I, I, I think it's about us setting traps and and you know try to get turnovers, the possession, and all that kind of stuff, and then go just go and try and try and hit them on the break. And we've got players that can do that. There's absolutely no doubt we've got players, that, and we've got players like Ryan Jacks, a master at that, at breaking up the play. Yeah. You know, you know, just taking momentum with your team's attacks and stuff like that, and then just. You know, transitioning the possession, and all of a sudden they're on the back foot. And if they move it quickly enough, you know, and then that 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 might spook them. They might think, right, okay, we'll need to be a wee bit more measured than how we attack because if we just go all out gung ho, if we concede, because if they concede, I, I do, I think it's over. I I, I can't see them uh, scoring five. So as much as they'll say, right, it's, it's their chance now to have a right go. Uh, they've also got to watch that back door because if they concede, then they've left themselves a real mountain to climb. Absolutely. So listen, that'll do us, I, I think, for, for another week. Gary, um, good spending Sunday with you, my friend. I'll see we'll do it again in the future. Yeah, hopefully. Can't wait. And, uh, absolutely. You and I both, buddy. And, and Colin, <laughs> um, always good to have you on, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. No problem. It was good to enjoy the love fest between you two. Absolutely. <laughs> so listen. Two neighbours. <laughs> We should say we're, we're we're very aware we are um at our naked best tonight, so we don't have the um the the streaming information uh, along the sides or um at the bottom of your screen. However, we thank you for watching as always. Of course, a quick wee word to our friends across again at Zenith Coins. They are currently pulling together a must-have for all Rangers fans. It's the Rangers Coin Collection Five. Wonderfully unique coins, the Founding Fathers, Ibrox Stadium, the Barcelona Bears from 1972, nine in a row celebrations, of course, and the guys that won 55 last season. Jump on their website, have a look, allthewzenithcoins.com. You can also catch us at Jersnet across our forum, allthewzjersnet.co.uk. Jump on and have a look, if you please. I think we will probably have something in the pipeline to preview the game on Thursday midweek. Um, I'm sure you'll be able to catch up for the details on that across our social media channels. For now, have a great week. Good luck to Rangers on Thursday when it comes. 